Hello, beautiful people. This is Callie, and you're listening to Girl Uninspired, the podcast where we talk about channeling our beings, finding our niche, and what we do about inspiration. Welcome to episode two. This episode is happening very impromptu. I have absolutely no notes, but... um, I've had a long day. It's actually the same day as the episode that I did with Cassidy, but it's been a long day, and, you know, things have progressed, and we're here now, and uh, I started on a topic with my roommate, and I um, already wanted to interview my roommate, Um, say hello, Mouse. Hello, Mouse. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, but but so I knew I wanted to interview my roommate, but so things have progressed. We're here now, and I feel like if we're going to have this conversation, we might as well record it so I don't have to do the work later. Yeah. Because, it, you know, it that just makes sense for right now. So, um, so if you will. Give us, um, I've already said this in the previous episode, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, mm-hmm. or if you plan on it, I already uh, talked about you today, uh, all good things, um, and so just, you can just give us a rundown of like your name, your major, your pronouns, whatnot. Okay, um, I- And your sign. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm Mouse. Uh, I'm a junior in chemical engineering. Uh, I go by they, them pronouns. And I'm a Libra sun, Scorpio moon, Gemini rising. Yes. So, Mouse was my roommate um, completely by chance freshman year because I procrastinate. Well, I used to procrastinate like hell and uh, waited till the last possible minute to get a dorm room. And so I, I had no clue who I was rooming with, and um, so I roomed with Mouse my freshman, our freshman year, and then had my own dorm room with another person, my sophomore year. And now we, um, since we like we stayed friends, we lived in the same building, so we like hung out a lot, and so now we live together in our own house. It's uh, kind of a personal hell, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's another topic. For <laughs> that's another, that's day. another tangent. Um, um, so it's interesting because I'm an art major and you're a chemical engineer, yes. which is the opposite spectrum. And it's also funny because you're a chemical engineer and you started as a freshman and you're still a chemical engineer. Like you have Damn. stuck through it. Boss ass <laughs> bitch. Um, and, and I've just flopping all over the place, but, um, There's nothing wrong with that. yeah, but I, I found it. But anyway, so we so we started having a conversation because I was talking about how today in my drawing class it was really rough because you know it's a figure drawing class. I am in a class with a bunch of graduate students who are taking this or soon to be graduate students who are taking this class for the second or third time and I this is the first time I've ever taken figure drawing. I'm not good at drawing. I don't like it. Um, and so it's very hard to exist in that space when um, 
when I, my work doesn't compare to the other stuff that people are displaying. And also, it's very frustrating um, to how, how easy they make it look. And I'm just like, ah. It feels a lot, like a lot of the time it feels like I can't do that. But I know it takes work. It takes practice. Like, nobody's born drawing faces. Like, yeah. But but anyway, so I'm comparing it to the fact that I know it. You sometimes feel the same way. Um, all the time. <laughs> Specifically with like. En- engineering stuff. Yeah. Um, for three years now, I'm a junior. Uh, I've constantly been comparing myself to the other students in my field, and discipline and. It feels like they all know exactly what's going on, even though deep down, I know that they don't. Like, they they haven't graduated. They're taking the same course as I am. So, like, obviously they're not experts yet. But at the same time, sometimes it feels like they're picking up on the material a lot faster than I am. Um, and, I mean, sometimes they are. And they probably also study harder than I am, which is why they do better faster. But, uh... The problem isn't that we aren't doing as well as our peers. The problem is that we're comparing ourselves to other people. Um, Whenever I was going to therapy on campus, uh, Michael told me about uh, this thing called imposter syndrome, which is where in whatever you do, whether it's a hobby or an occupation or whatever, you experience this feeling that you're an imposter, you're putting on a facade, and you don't actually know what you're doing, even though everyone else does, and at any moment someone could rip off your mask and expose you as a fraud. And, I mean, like I said, I've been feeling that way for three years, and it's gotten better because I'm on anxiety medication. (laughs) We love the medicated people. Uh, So that's helped me a little bit, but... Like, my biggest thing is, like, every single time I catch myself comparing myself to others, I have to, like, remind myself how they're doing doesn't matter. Like, I can only control how I'm doing, and in the end, I'm the one who has to live my life. I'm the one who's living inside this body. I'm the one who has to control how I respond to situations and digest this material to succeed. Mm. Because... It's so hard to remember in the actual moment, like like when I'm sitting there, I'm looking at their art. Like it's hard to remember, like oh, like I have to practice. Like they probably practice the hell out of drawing faces. Oh yeah. Like I have to do that. I Mm -hmm. have to work, and so it's hard to remember that as it's happening. Mm -hmm. But um, what are some things that like bring you out of that moment? Um. Like, do you have, like, a mantra or a mantra that you, like, repeat to yourself, or? Um, I'm not really sure. I haven't thought about it that much. It's more just, uh, I I don't know if you've seen, like, in in the media, they uh, do this thing where whenever you have a bad habit and you think about something, you snap a rubber band against Mm -hmm. your wrist. I sort of do the mental equivalent of that, where I'm like, oh, Oh, you're thinking again. You're comparing yourself. Stop that. It doesn't matter. Okay? Yeah. Like, 
it's great that everybody's doing well. It's okay not to be the best. Like, that's it. I just kind of remind myself, like, as long as you're doing your best, your best is good enough. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. It's, I feel like, and this is going to kind of switch gears, but I feel like that also relates to, like, comparing yourself like yourself not just like the product of your intelligence or artistic ability um to others whether it's through fashion or like whether somebody has something that you don't have that you want that you don't have yet yeah okay at me (laughs) (laughs) well um I guess I say that to lead into like because um, I know something else that I wanted to talk to you about was gender expression being a form of creating. Yeah. Because I think that the way that, like, we exert ourselves or present ourselves to society is, you know, that's creating. Like, you're putting you're putting things together in a different way than somebody else. And I think that style is very, um, style is very, uh, considerate of the type of person. Like, if you see someone and you're like, that is a fashion icon, then you're just like, like, that, that connects people. Mm -hmm. I'm alluding to something else, but. I I remember. (laughs) But anyway, so I, I say that to lead into like how do you feel about that statement like do you agree with it do you not agree that like fashion and self-expression is a form of creativity yeah um I completely agree with that um for some people it comes naturally they just have an eye for like style they know even if they're not 100% sure who they are because most people aren't born knowing exactly who they want to be they know how they want to present themselves in Mm -hmm. any given moment and like they have a good way of translating that to other people through like fashion or haircuts or uh their attitudes and mannerisms some people are very good at that and some people aren't they're like i don't know who i am i don't know who i want to be and i especially don't know how i want other people to see me yet so they just kind of do whatever they can to get by which is me (laughs) (laughs) i mean i feel like you okay because you're non-binary. I I feel like you dress pretty gender or androgynous, mm-hmm. which I like try. <laughs> is like duh. So um, can you talk about maybe like some if you want to, you don't have to, but like talk about some like struggles that maybe that can bring or like d- d- does being limited on your fashion sense also hinder like creative process okay um well I'll say uh as a non-binary person who considers themselves pretty gender neutral um I don't really lean one way or the other uh I I was born uh, assigned female at birth so I guess I would consider myself trans masculine uh, in that if I want to appear neutral or androgynous, I have to lean more masculine to overcome the feminine features of my body. Or at least that's how I kind of see myself. Um, 
I know that a lot of people have been trying to start this movement to break down the gender binary and say that like, oh, well, clothes don't have gender. Like, you can wear a skirt and still be a boy. Um, like, it's not an inherently female piece of clothing. It's feminine, but it's not female. But the matter of fact is society still mostly sees clothes as extremely gendered. Uh, so you basically have to choose, okay, which pieces of my outfit are going to be masculine and which are going to be feminine. There isn't just, like, neutral stuff. Except, like, maybe t-shirts and jeans, which is what I usually lean on. But anyway, um, I'm just going to go somewhere with that. I I'll, Something I've noticed in the trans community specifically the past, like, couple years is that uh, as as it becomes more visible publicly a lot more people have begun questioning their own gender which i think is great like no one should stay in a box just because they don't know that box exists like for most of my life i didn't realize that there was any such thing as uh non-binary so i was just like yeah i'm a girl i guess because i'm not a boy so i must be this other thing but that's not necessarily true uh the problem is that uh, the media reports on transgender issues in a way that I don't necessarily think is the best way or the most informed way. And a lot of people confuse gender identity with gender expression. So like, you know, a boy, if an assigned male at birth person dresses in a dress, then people will say, oh, well, perhaps you're gender fluid or you know, non-binary or something like that. Well, that ne that isn't necessarily true. It could just be a boy who really likes dresses. Like, your gender presentation doesn't have anything to do with your identity. And it would be really nice if you could just dress any way you wanted and everyone just inherently knew exactly what pronouns to use for you and what you want to be called and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't work like that, sadly. I wish it did. But... If you want to be seen as something, you have to work really hard to present as it, which mm -hmm. is why trans people work really, really hard to pass if they're binary trans and they're trying to pass as male or female. So fashion is a tricky subject. Um, people interpret it differently and style differently, which I mean, that's just an individual mm -hmm. experience. But uh, whenever you're trying to navigate around like gender definitions and stuff like that, it's Sometimes it's hard. Some people just forgo the whole binary entirely and just dress however the hell they want. And I have massive respect. But it also can lead to being misgendered a lot. Uh, if you dress something like in a way that leads people to assume what you are. Because yeah. most people don't ask. Which, I mean, I get why. But, yeah. I feel like fashion it, it's, itself is something you have to perform and like I don't know I've been recently saying like uh, if I don't get dressed I get depressed <laughs> because it's true like I like I noticed my mood shift when I when I put effort into how I look which is like duh a no-brainer but like it's interesting how that can change yeah. um Another transition that, like, I wanted to talk about, or, or 
maneuvering into a different um different thought train. <laughs> this is totally <laughs> totally a train wreck. Um <laughs> but so you are an artist. Even though you're a chemical engineer and I know maybe you wouldn't think of yourself as an artist, but I think of you as an artist because you are constantly creating even if it is like small doodles because the kind of style that I think you have is almost kind of like comic book like uh you give characters like you you give characters a real human or inhuman like aspect and you like really bring them to life through through short um, amount of words but like really detailed like figures and you just give them really good personality so in that sense I think of you as an artist so could you describe maybe like what it is that you go for when you start drawing or like what kind of starts you on a doodling or drawing path um it's kind of a difficult question I've had people ask me before what like inspires me to draw and I'm I've been thinking about that question for like 20 years and I still don't really know. Um, I just get an idea and I'm like, hey, let me get that on paper before I lose it. Um, my favorite thing to draw is characters. I like to design new characters. If I, if I could like operate my dream job, it would probably be like working in character design at like Disney or Pixar or some junk like that. I just, I love designing characters and their backstories and like story arcs and stuff like that. Uh, when I was younger, I really wanted to be a comic artist, but I don't have any real formal training, and I know it's kind of a difficult business to get into, mm -hmm. especially if you want to, like, make money. So I haven't really pursued it, but I am interested in it as a hobby, and I intend to continue as I grow up mm -hmm. and stuff. How do you feel? Because I've noticed... And this isn't like an app thing. This is kind of just like a, an observation. Go on. Is that, <laughs> is that you kind of, in some of your characters, you kind of draw how you like wish you were. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of artists do that. Like when I was younger and writing stories, like I was always the main character. Oh, yeah. Not even the side character. Like that's the Leo showing. That's but, uh, such a mood. But so what is it? What does projecting yourself into a character do for you? Um, part of it is, I know I say um a lot, I just it's, noticed it's, You're good. <laughs> uh, so part of it is it helps me visualize how I want to look, which gives me like a goal to work towards. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm, my transition goals are uh, pretty strange. I don't really know how common they are. Um, as an AFAB person, I don't really like having a chest. Uh, I usually wear a binder. I want top surgery, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so I like drawing characters that look vaguely like me, and then I can draw them flat-chested. And it makes me feel like I'm experiencing that myself. Because, mm -hmm. I don't know, I've always been kind of an escapist, and drawing helps me to put myself in like another world almost 
and just think about something other than reality, whatever's bothering me at the moment. And by creating a character that looks kind of like me, I can put them in any situation I want. And uh, sometimes I just like to draw them working through problems that like I'm experiencing in real life. Um, maybe a bit more exaggerated or slightly different, but it does help me to like think about it from a different perspective and work through things. And I, I don't know, it's just, yeah. Um, so what would you say your media is? Uh, mechanical pencils and printer paper. The basic, <laughs> anyone can, can find these yes. materials, like, yeah, it's just, you know, the effort and the practice that you put in it, because mm-hmm. you didn't start out making characters oh, that look no. so amazing and simple. I started out when I was like three or four years old drawing the ugliest stick figures I've ever seen in my life. And then after a while I was like, you know, in real life people aren't just lines. They have thickness and depth. So I started drawing characters with more like fleshed out arms and legs and stuff like that. And they were awful. I still have a bunch of them. They are so ugly, but I keep them anyway just because it's like a reminder of the progress that I've made. Yeah. And it also makes me laugh to see how bad it was. That's like uh rereading old uh stories. Yes. And and like the whole time you're cringing, you're like, Oh my gosh, yes. but but if you don't go through that awkward stage then how do you get to like to the to the to the good like the good stage. Like yeah. you, you can't you can't have awful than good like there has to be an in-between yeah you can't improve without making mistakes yeah I think that's something my painting teacher talks about how you have to make the painting look ugly and when it looks really ugly that's how you know you're gonna have a great painting because it's gonna you gotta turn it around Hmm. so that's interesting I like that I like that approach when looking in the mirror (laughs) okay 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 back on track okay um so, do you ever have any issues that you run into when you create a character or storyline? Uh, my most common issue is, like, writer's block. Because mm-hmm. um, with my form of art, I like to draw characters, but also I like to come up with really complex storylines with them. And sometimes I don't feel like drawing all of that because it would take forever and there's too much detail. So sometimes I resort to writing instead. Because I actually, low-key, really like English and creative writing. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times I'll just translate it into a full-on written story. Uh, But sometimes, I'll say most of the time I come up with like the really big events and those are fun. And then I also come up with the smaller little character development like interactions and Mm -hmm. stuff. And those are also fun. They're usually pretty wholesome and cute and whatever. Uh, my biggest problem is transitions between parts of the story. So, like, if you think about the general dynamic of a story, you have the introduction and then the rising action, the climax, decline, and the resolution. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, the rising action and the falling action are, like, really hard to link together. Because it's like, okay, I know how to open my story. I'm going to introduce my characters and have them, you know have some plot, some character development, start the plot. 
and then I know what the climax is going to be. It's going to be an epic battle, or it's going to have a confrontation that's really exciting and cool. And then the con, the resolution, everything ends happy. Everyone's having a great time, or everyone dies, depending on the story. <laughs> um, the problem is connecting those events. That's like the thing I struggle with most is figuring out how to connect the events, what happens with the boring stuff in the middle, how do I make it not boring, how do I flesh it out without making it seem like it drags on forever. Those are the things that I struggle with most, mm -hmm. at least in writing. I don't know if you were asking about, like, drawing. It's, yeah, basically. Um, I think, okay, so let's talk about one of your current projects. And one of your current projects is the... Um, Gosh, Ariolas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm just gonna briefly explain this. I don't remember how how it started, how this idea came to be. If you need to get up and grab it, I, you I'll can. I'll grab the paper so you have a reference. Okay. So this character started um, somehow. I don't remember, but it is about an older grandmotherly uh, superhero. Who her superpower is? Um, what what what's her superpower technically? Tit slap. Tit <laughs> slapping. Um, uh, her so, her boobs have shape shifting abilities. <laughs> Only the boobs, though. Yeah. One of one of the lines is, "Did you just hit me with your tit?" <laughs> and um, and so I love that. Like, first of all, you created this character. It was based on a joke between us that I actually wanted to draw. I didn't intend for it to become a thing, but then I actually liked it, so yes. Yeah, it, but it just went from, like, I love how the dynamic between us is, like, you do the things that I wouldn't do, and I kind of do, like, a little bit of the things that maybe you wouldn't do. Like painting. Like, like painting. Well, I mean, like... We were talking our dynamic. We, yeah, yeah, our dynamic. We were talking about moving, and mm -hmm. you were like, "I'll do the lead work. I just don't want to move all the stuff." And I'm like, "I'll move this stuff. I just don't <laughs> want to do the legal work." <laughs> and it's it's kind of always been like that. So like, we're sitting here and we're chatting about um, this this storyline, and you're like, "Oh my god, I actually really like that." And you like start drawing, and it's so cool. Um, so do you want to talk more about this? project uh sure I don't really have any concrete plans for it I just kind of doodled it a little bit and like if someone wants to hit me up for like a copyright deal like okay <laughs> <laughs> um so Ariolis her secret identity is Ariel something she's uh she's this older lady um she fights crime in her city using her titty superpower and she also fights crime with her granddaughter who is a biracial flat-chested teenager uh over age not above 18 yeah 18 or older <laughs> just just saying otherwise it'd be weird <laughs> actually you know what it's still weird but <laughs> it's legally better i guess anyway so they fight crime together um I guess I could talk about her family life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's married to another old lady, and they're, they're very happy together. Um, her son married a, another lady. 
I haven't really fleshed them out. I haven't drawn them yet. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they're they're a mixed race couple. And then the daughter of them is Ariolus's sidekick, which they don't. She doesn't have an official name yet. So Granny's just calling her uh, the Flat Wonder, <laughs> which she kind of objects to. But that's fun. Um, uh, I I don't really know what else to say. It's not a very fleshed out idea, but it makes me laugh, and I feel like it's just a fun little idea. Uh, I like to imagine the granddaughter asking, like, does Granny know that you have superpowers? And she's like, of course. Who do you think helped me figure out how to use them? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just wanted to talk about it because it's kind of a current or recent project and it's just so great and it's very, um, it's very funny. It is, it makes me laugh. My favorite thing about it though, honestly, is it's kind of like a feminist icon just because it's like a female superheroes, but they're not conventionally attractive Mm -hmm. or sexualized at all. So like, Granny... I mean, she's old. Her her boobs sag and everything. Like, mm-hmm. but she's still working it. Like she's twenty five. Like, go off, sis. And then like the granddaughter, even though she's really young and spry, she's flat chested, which most people don't con- find conventionally attractive. And I just thought it would be really interesting to have a comic that's so centralized around like the female form and like boobs specifically. That's not sexualized mm-hmm. like at all. Like, they're not treated like sex objects or like an accessory. It's just part of the human form and it's something that she utilizes as a weapon because she can. Mm-hmm. So, I think my last question would be, uh, what is um, a new project that you'll be working on? What's your next idea or if you haven't gotten that far or if you have any ideas to maybe bounce off? to build on? Well, I constantly have ideas bouncing around in my head. I have characters from like eighth grade that I'm still playing with sometimes and I like to just sketch out for fun. Um, They just all kind of run their courses simultaneously inside my head and I just kind of pick and choose which ones I feel like drawing. Um, Right now, as far as like artistic storylines. I'm working on a paranormal department squad kind of thing where they're they work on supernatural threats around the world and just a team of like freaks and weirdos and people with superpowers just work together. Very Hellboy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big fan of Hellboy. Very inspiring to me. Um so that's what I'm currently kind of working on. I haven't really fleshed it out entirely, but I'm adding new things to it all the time. So, uh, filling up that sketchbook. I think, I think the main points that I would reiterate for the sake of the listeners is that like, and and mostly for the sake of myself, is just keep <laughs> saying this. The more you say it, the the more you'll believe it. It's yeah. like you gotta stop comparing yourself and your work to those around you because like whether or not it's in an art classroom or a chemistry class like it takes work and if if you're concerned enough to compare 
then you're probably gonna put in the work Mm -hmm. so just keep working I, I will say I don't know if this is necessarily like a good thing to do but every once in a while when I feel really overwhelmed by comparing myself to other people and I just feel like a failure and I'm not like living up to the expectations of the people around me sometimes I just break down so I'll just <laughs> I'll just sit in bed and like you know have a little depression nap or like cry in the shower or something and just mm-hmm. get it out and I don't know if that's like a healthy way to deal with it and I wouldn't suggest doing that like every day mm-hmm. but every once in a while if you feel overwhelmed it's okay to like take a break and just let yourself be sad for mm-hmm. a little while and I mean don't don't stay there don't stay in that gloomy like negative space but like it's okay to linger there for a little while that's interesting that you say that too because like today um we had to stay for a gallery for an artist talk and like that was very tiring but you know my hearing was overwhelming and I just like the my ear I, I was getting sensory overload and so like the the whole drive home I just like didn't listen to anything which is so rare like it's so rare for me to just not like to just sit in silence and that's why when I yeah. came in I was kind of quiet because yeah. I was still in that kind of fleshy state of mind so like you just even if it's not like a nap or a shower like sometimes you just gotta sit in silence yeah and that's okay um if you are like feeling like you need to step away from everything like every single day um that's probably worth talking to a therapist or a doctor about because that's like symptoms of a bigger problem like depression mm-hmm. but as far as like just regularly feeling like you don't fit in or that you're not as good as the people around you like I promise most people feel that way yeah that was also something that I noticed going around my classroom today was I was um when I feel down about myself I like to lift other people up yeah <laughs> even though I still feel like crap on the inside I'm like at least this person feels good so I was going around and like looking at um at everyone's art and I'm like oh my god girl like you're you're totally doing it right there like damn son like that like that whole jam going on in that face like <laughs> um but every single person that I would compliment they're like I have no clue what I'm doing like I thought this looked bad and I'm like I'm like okay like you're you're figuring it out I'm figuring it out so like we're gonna get there so yeah also I'm gonna say this in all of my episodes, um, you're, if you're at a university, your university should offer free counseling. Amen. Um, and, you know, when you're outside of university, that shit's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. So take advantage of it now. I think everyone needs counseling at least once in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, if not on a, maybe just a monthly check-in. Yeah. Um, it's, it never hurts to talk to somebody about your feelings because <laughs> that shit saves lives. <laughs> true, true. Um, Even if there's nothing, like, really going on, yeah. sometimes it's nice just to, like, vent to somebody because, like, you can complain all you want. They won't care. Yeah, they get paid to listen to you talk about um, how the food in your fridge went bad because the power bill wasn't paid. Okay, now we're getting personal. <laughs> <laughs> we said that was gonna be for another episode. Uh, damn. <laughs> uh, a backtrack. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think that's all I have for this episode. You might hear from Mouse again. Thank you so much for humoring me with this um, impromptu recording sesh and also conveniently letting me uh, kind of vent in the process. You are a wonderful host. I had a wonderful time. I've never been on a podcast before. This is exciting. Congratulations. You're my second guest. (laughs) Wow. But that doesn't mean you're not just as valuable. I love you. Aw, likewise. All right. Thanks for listening, lovelies.